Jody F. Welcome to Homicidal Impulse. Tonight, we're going to discuss the murders of Maceo McCahern and his mother, Vela, and the adorably named Hamlet of Hamlet, North Carolina. The McCaherns are a prominent local family. They own two funeral parlors, and Maceo had been the first African-American county commissioner in the area. Although the McCaherns were well thought of by all who knew them, living in the South in the pre-civil rights era featured its share of challenges. In 1950, the McCaherns had to travel to Winston-Salem for a mortgage when local bankers refused to lend them money for a brick house, apparently because the bankers didn't think a black family should live in a better house than many white people. In 1978, when ringing doorbells for county commissioner, one homeowner said to Maceo, who was very light-skinned, I heard some N-clang from Hamlet is running. Maceo said, well, we sure don't want him to win. Do I have your vote? By 1991, 44-year-old Maceo is out of politics. His 81-year-old mother, Vela, still goes to work at their funeral homes every day. On the night of April 11th, Maceo and his longtime girlfriend, Naomi Daggs, watched the movie Ghost, which I've always found to be an ironic choice because just like Demi Moore, Maceo was in danger, girl. The next day, while at work, he got a phone call from his mother, Vela, summoning him to her home at 10 Willow Lane. Maceo was due to return to the funeral home shortly thereafter to dress a corpse, but he didn't show up. At 9.15 p.m., one of the mortuary employees went to Vela's home and found a crime scene. Responding officers found Maceo on the couch and Vela in a rocking chair. They'd both been blasted twice with double-aught buckshot, Maceo in the chest and mouth, Vela in the chest and hip. Vela put her hand up to block the shot and her thumb has been blown off. There is no sign of forced entry and nothing appears to be missing from the home. As Captain Robert Bristow of the Hamlet Police told a journalist, the house had not been ransacked. It appeared somebody came in to kill these people and leave. The murder of the McCairns created a sensation in Hamlet. As one family friend noted, it was like a huge dark black cloud over the entire town. Everyone was just in a state of shock. Investigators soon learned Maceo had been trying to branch out from the mortuary business. One of his new business ventures involved Proformance Energy Drink, an elixir consisting of triple-filtered mountain water infused with complex carbohydrates and potassium. Unlike most energy drinks of the time, Proformance was designed to be imbibed before a workout to give you stamina, as opposed to after to replenish nutrients. Proformance came in clear squared bottles like Fiji water, the drinks retailed for 79 cents. Proformance might seem like an unexceptional product, but Proformance Energy Drink is the Maltese Falcon of this story. As North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation agent Bill Lane told a journalist, 
there was something about this performance thing that made people go crazy. Detectives soon learned Maceo had been part of a three-way war over control of performance. One of the other combatants in this war was performance's inventor, Joey Caldwell. Caldwell was a crooked businessman who'd left a trail of debts and looted companies in his wake. As local beverage distributor Ben Rudisil said about Caldwell, quote, everyone Caldwell came into contact with, he managed to somehow violate. He had no intention of paying them or keeping his word. He was one of these shell people with nothing behind the shell. If you sued him, you got nothing. To market performance, Caldwell became involved with Clyde Sullivan, a big-time Republican donor and beer distributor. Clyde Sullivan had entertained Vice Presidential First Lady Marilyn Quayle at his home. That's the Republican donor version of a get. When Clyde Sullivan learned of Joey Caldwell's bad reputation, he attempted to squeeze him out of the business. Sullivan had exclusive distribution rights to Proformance, and he refused to fill orders while falsely telling Caldwell no one wanted to buy the product, effectively cutting off Caldwell's cash flow. And here's where Maceo McCairn came in. Instead of signing his rights over to Clyde Sullivan as anticipated, Caldwell instead sold the Proformance trademark and formula to Maceo. As part of the contract, Maceo was obligated to take out a $2 million key man policy. Key person insurance is called for if the sudden loss of a key executive, in this case Maceo, would have a negative effect on the company's operations. Theoretically, cash from the insurance policy would keep the business afloat while the key executive is replaced. The Keyman policy had only been operational a few days before Maceo and his mother were killed. Investigators were at an impasse. Although Joey Caldwell had two million reasons to murder Maceo, detectives were unable to rule out Clyde Sullivan, who also had a motive because he'd lost the rights to performance. Clyde Sullivan refused to talk to the police without an attorney. Joey Caldwell, on the other hand, cooperated with investigators. Meanwhile, the $2 million policy paid off. Joey Caldwell immediately began blowing through the money, buying, among other high-ticket items, a Mercedes, a Porsche, and two boats. He also bought $7,000 in lingerie for his wife, Bobby, who got breast implants and liposuction for Christmas. No idea how Santa stuffed those goodies in his toy sack. Within 18 months, the money was all but gone. And then, finally, a break in the case. Joey Caldwell suggested his wife, Bobby, should buy some life insurance. Joey Caldwell's last meal as a free man occurred at a Chili's restaurant in Gastonia. While dining with his wife, Caldwell made several damning admissions, implicating himself in the plot to murder Maceo McCairn for the insurance. What Caldwell did not know as he ate his crispy chicken crispers was that his wife, Bobby, was wearing a wire. 
When the couple left the restaurant, Caldwell was tackled by State Bureau of Investigation agents and arrested. As Bobby Caldwell would later testify in court, she and her husband had decided to murder the key man policyholder even before Maceo bought the performance rights. Bella McCahern was killed simply because she was a witness. Before the crime, Joey Caldwell bought a gun out of state, put stolen Canadian license plates on his car, and wore shoes two sizes too big to the scene to throw off investigators. When Caldwell arrived at Vela's home, he told her he was delivering a box of proformance. Once he was inside, he bashed her with a frying pan and forced her to summon Maceo. When he arrived, Caldwell shotgunned them both. Interestingly, the district attorney was unable to bring murder charges against Joey Caldwell. In North Carolina state court, a husband can prevent his wife from testifying against him, and Bobby Caldwell was the state's star witness. In federal court, however, spouses can testify against each other if they're engaged in a criminal conspiracy. So instead of first-degree murder charges, which fall under the jurisdiction of the state court, prosecutors instead charge Caldwell with 75 counts of money laundering, which is a federal crime. Money laundering can be defined as the use of funds that have been illegally obtained. If the prosecution could prove Caldwell had murdered the McCairns, it would prove Caldwell had obtained the insurance money through an illegal act. Then Caldwell could be charged with money laundering each time he spent any part of the funds. Ever the optimist, Joey Caldwell told friends he was sure to be acquitted. He even urged one of them to look into selling the movie rights to his life story. However, his confidence was misplaced. On September 1st, 1993, Caldwell was convicted in U.S. Middle District Court in Greenboro of 57 counts of mail fraud, money laundering, and transporting a weapon across state lines to commit a felony. He was looking at a sentence of 40 years in prison. That night, Caldwell hanged himself in his jail cell. He was 37 years old. As a journalist noted, true to form, Caldwell had welched on his final debt. Bobby Caldwell was later sentenced to five years in prison for her role in the crime. Ironically, five years after the murders, Clyde Sullivan, the big-time Republican donor who'd also vied for control of performance, was dead as well. He shot himself after his wife had a heart attack. Local gossips claimed Sullivan's wife had been beaten or poisoned prior to her heart attack, but official autopsy results debunked these rumors. All three of the men who battled over performance were now dead. Confession. I must admit I'm a little obsessed with performance energy drink. It's a beverage worth killing for. That's a pretty strong selling point. I have an eBay alert for it just in case someone somewhere finds a container in the back of their fridge they're willing to part with. True crime in a bottle. Okay, let's personalize this crime. What can we learn from the murders of Maceo and Vela McCairn?
The most obvious lesson, I believe, concerns key man insurance policies. Personally, and I know my perspective might be skewed, I only ever hear about key man policies in relation to homicide. I hereby humbly suggest we change the name from key man policies to murder invitations. That would be more accurate. At least signatories would know what they're getting themselves into. The other major takeaway from the Cairn murders concerns the importance of due diligence in financial matters. Joey Caldwell had a long and documented history of screwing over his creditors. Even if performance was a magical elixir of eternal life, why would anyone willingly do business with him? A propensity for shady dealings is like sexual perversion. It's well nigh impossible to cure. A lying, cheating leopard isn't going to change its lying, cheating spots. And if someone worships money and is willing to steal from you, they might just be willing to kill you for financial gain. It's a slippery slope. The third major takeaway is a matter of common sense. If you and your wife have committed homicide for insurance proceeds, do not suggest your wife get a life insurance policy when the money runs out. As dim as you might think she is, murder has a way of sharpening the mind. If she has to decide between becoming a homicide victim and a cooperating witness, she'll be wearing a wire at Chili's before you know it. This has been Homicidal Impulse with Jody F. Don't forget to lock your doors.